Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us today at RG Podcast. I'm here with my partner in crime, Sid. Sid, can you say hello? How's it going? Yeah, yeah. All right. Hi. Ephraim, you're you're back for round two. Uh, I got to do you one on one, but we normally have we normally have an atheist here with me. So Sid is an yeah. atheist from Canada, right? Yep. And you're calling. Where are you actually? You're based in Jerusalem, um, Ephraim. I live in Jerusalem today. Yeah. Hey, I, I thought I saw in your that you went to school in Haifa. Was that was that correct? I sort of did. I went to a actually went to school in Bnei Brak, but the school was like a branch of Haifa University. Oh, so okay. my is from Haifa, but but I actually I was only in Haifa like twice. But uh, so I think about an hour from Haifa is a place called Akka. Um, Akko. Akko? Akko. Akko. Yeah. So I went yeah. there. Um, okay, so one of the guys I hosted in South Korea, he lived in Haifa. Mm -hmm. So I stayed with him for a week. And then he sent me over to Akko. And that's a really cool place. Right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, we want to get right into the topics today. Um, we have some very interesting questions for you. So I'm going to let Sid, you can uh, you take the first crack, Sid. And uh, let's get started. Ephraim, just to give you a little bit of my background, um, I know uh, very little of Judaism. Um, not that I know much of, of, of any, my uh, many religions, but my uh, I guess my atheism is a is a, a Protestant <laughs> Protestant version of atheism, if that makes any sense. I mean, that's kind of what I'm used. That's what I'm kind of used to in, in where I live. Um, so, I mean, I, I, and then I, and I hope my questions aren't too simplistic um but the first question i have is uh, with judaism in general and your belief in particular um is god only for the jews or is god for everyone okay so i'm speaking as a haredi jew which is yep. a which type of orthodox judaism um god is for everyone um okay. what's special about jews in judaism is we believe that we are a, uh, a community or a nation which has special rules that for us to connect to God, um, we need to do in a special way that anyone else wouldn't have to do. So mm. any, anyone else could, have a, could theoretically have a direct connection with God, but we are supposed to be the, a, 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 a nation of priests. That's the, what the verse mm. of the Bible says. As if, like, we have extra mm. rules that mm. for us to we need to do. We need to do these rules. We need I to see. follow these. Can I? Can I have a follow-up question, there, Isaiah? No, you cannot. No. <laughs> go, go for it. Yeah, in that theme, though. Um, so it, it, that's that, that's an interesting answer. Um, mm -hmm. and I guess the reason I asked it, Ephraim, is that um, I'm I'm kind of used to. Uh, I mean, and I use. I use Catholic in a, in a broad sense here is that uh, is Christianity and, and Islam are, are kind of a Catholic faith, not Roman Catholic, but Catholic in a sense of is that they're spreading their beliefs. They like, they want to, they want to, uh, um, what's the right word? They want to draw, well, prost yeah, prostatize is a good word. They want to draw people into their belief system. And I don't, I don't, ever seem to hear or see uh jews doing that so right. 
Um, I'm just kind of wondering if you if you believe that God is for everyone, how come? And maybe it's maybe it's just my part of the world, but um, I don't seem to see Jews proselytizing the way that that uh, Christians and, and Muslims do. No, right, exactly, because we're not look we're not looking to. I'll explain it like this. Jews, at least like Orthodox Jews, don't we don't view ourselves as a religion. We we, we view ourselves as, as a as a family slash tribe slash nation that we have our own special um, teachings and traditions. And whoever wants, they could join us, but they would have to like accept for themselves that they're gonna that they're joining like, all the way and they're never gonna leave. But otherwise, um, so so it's not like we're looking for we have a religion that we want to spread throughout the whole world we have a religion which is like for us and mm. within jews between other jews actually orthodox jews do want other jews to practice orthodox judaism so you'll see orthodox jews uh quote unquote proselytizing um non-orthodox <laughs> jews not, i get you okay okay convert not, uh, not to convert them because you're part it's like you're part of the family so just like we just want you to to, to keep keep to keep the traditions but not be, not like not the, i get you yeah okay so what is it what is, what would you say is the biggest difference between orthodox jews and reformed jews is that like the big split uh that's one of them i they're probably the biggest distance is between reform and orthodox probably okay so yeah. can you explain that the Orthodox Jews believe that the Torah, which um, the Torah is also the Bible, but also the Talmud, and also basically all of rabbinical literature, rabbinical literature all of that is from God. Um, some of it is dictated by God. Some of it was, um, some of it, the idea was from God, and, and that it's written down in uh, human words. But it's a that's a, a whole subject unto itself. But everything. Was given to the given to the Jewish the Israelites that we went we didn't call ourselves Jews then, um, and we accept it by ourselves and it's binding, and it will it will always be binding. Um, in the in the it's binding in the sense that the way the previous generations understood it was the correct way to understand it, mm. and there's and and there, therefore we're bound to the way all our ancestors understood it. Reformed Jews believe that they that you have to re, that you could reform the way the tradition is mm. understood. Mm -hmm. Just because of previous generations, or it could be all Jews for thousands of years, understood the tradition in a certain way. But now we're living in the 20th century, 21st century, 19th century, whatever, wherever, and we we need to re -understand, re understand the tradition in, in light of what's going on now, and maybe our ancestors. Should be now we're in a different context. You know what? <laughs> so I am a Christian, but you really got to be a little patient with us because I'm almost as ignorant as uh, Sid is on this topic. So uh, yeah, we might have some stupid questions for you, but um, at least to us, it was good to get an opinion um, all sides here. But I have another question. Um, speaking about atheism, I have heard that a lot of Jews inside of Israel are actually atheist. And yeah. I, I, went, I went into a Jewish home for Shabbat and I, the guy told me that he was an atheist, but 
like that night we sat around and we he read the Torah and then like you know so it was kind of a I don't know his family I guess they were more practicing but he, he was not practicing so would you would you, could you elaborate on that a little bit please yeah, again like I said before we don't view ourselves as, as a religion that as if it's like um like any person living anywhere, you have, you have an American that happens to be a Protestant, American that happens to be a Catholic, a Canadian that happens to be a Muslim. We we view ourselves as as a as a family, or it's hard to say in English exactly how it's like. We call ourselves like a nation, or or a or or a family, or a tribe. That that uh, it doesn't really make a difference if you keep the traditions, if you don't keep the traditions, if you believe in it, you don't believe in it. You're you're born into this family, and this is your family, no matter what. And some people might choose to keep more of the traditions, or believe more in the traditions, or, or believe in it less, or keep less. But that's not, that's not what makes you Jewish or not Jewish. It's being born into it, or choosing to choosing by yourself to become mm. part of it. But it's the, the the so you'll have a lot of Jews who don't believe in anything, or a lot of Jews that believe in more than anything. But uh, it, you have a whole spectrum, and uh, but everyone is everyone's part of the family. No one, uh, no, no such thing as, as being expelled from the family. You're part of the family. Sid, yep. Um, so, it, I mean, I did do a little bit of of reading um, about. Uh, the Hasidic, I, I don't know, and forgive me if I'm butchering words because <laughs> my, I, you know, I can barely speak English, never mind trying to pronounce words from, from other languages. He's Canadian. Is there a resemblance between Hasidic mysticism and Sufi mysticism in Islam? Well, I, I tried reading up on Sufi, Sufism to understand yeah. that. Um, I don't really know what Sufism is, okay. But I but I did find that actually what, what's the word Hasidim, which is refer today in 2021 is referring to specific movement. So over the past thousand years, it's actually referred to several different um, mystical move, movements or Pietist movements, and there was a movement around a thousand years ago in Egypt, which was also called Hasidim which was uh, founded by the son of Maimonides, which was a famous Jewish philosopher. Yeah, You've I've heard of him. him. Yep, yep. His son, Abraham, the son of Maimonides, Abraham, the son of Maimonides, that's how he's called, um, started a, a, also a group of Hasidim, which is very, very different than the Hasidim from today, which started in Ukraine and Poland and Hungary. Mm -hmm. And his teachings were, I, were understood, were very much based on Sufism. Um, huh. Other than... Today, I don't really know what Sufism is, so I can't tell you if today's Hasidim have yeah. to do with that. Okay. Okay, so I've seen some footage of those guys. They're somewhat like the charismatic, like, snake handlers. The guys who mess around with the snakes. Have you ever seen okay. that? May, may, like, I think so, maybe. In like, America? Yeah, because Jesus said something about they'll, 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 get, they'll get snakes and they'll drink poison. So these guys literally do stuff like drink poison and handle snakes. I mean, I was watching this one, these Islamic Sufism, and they were literally taking like a pole and like like piercing through the guy's stomach. 
No, like that, all the way. We were... I, it was unbelievable. And so I, I kind of doubt that you guys would go that extreme with some of this stuff. But I have heard like the Kabbalah, there's like some mysticism in there. Is that true? No, so Judaism has, has a mystics part of it called Kabbalah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not as aesthetic, I think that's the word, meaning, um, like, let's say in Catholicism, I understand, and in, in Christianity, there's this idea of, like, not being worldly. I, 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 mm -hmm. I hope I'm not making a mistake. Um, like, not getting married or the, the virgin, mm -hmm. a virgin mm -hmm. birth is somehow holier. In Judaism, it's the exact opposite. Like, a virgin birth would actually be less holy because... <laughs> Because, because you, if it didn't come through, through, through a, 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 like an act of, like a sexual act, that means you, you weren't part of the world. So you didn't. So you, if you, there's no, there's no ace. Like if you, if you don't eat, if you, if you, like you separate, you're not supposed to separate yourself from the world. You're supposed to eat, drink, sleep, mm. get married, have kids, like, like you, and be in the world and have God in the world. So. So uh, there wouldn't be any like self torture or things like that. Like, I see. Like, these things would be like side question, but um, what are the age range of your children? He has ten. Sid. My oldest is uh, six. He'll be seventeen in August. He's sixteen now. He'll be seventeen in August. My youngest was born in September first, so she's eight nine months. Wow! Oh, wow! Congratulations! That's amazing. Ho hopefully, hopefully you guys are. That's the limit. Ten is like I don't know. Okay, so <laughs> so listen to this, Sid. Um, so I have a so I interviewed um, one of my friends here who's a Muslim, and he's one of my best friends actually. And I asked him this question, and I'll tell you his response after you tell me your response. Okay. All right. I, I asked him, is Islam more closely uh, aligned with Christianity or Judaism and because I heard something and maybe you can speak on this but like a Muslim would go into a Jewish person's house but they wouldn't go into a Christian person's house or maybe it's the opposite way around because they believe that Christians are polytheists and they, they at least accept that the other side is at least they believe in one God well, uh, my understanding and wait, uh, wait, 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 that's for him. Who are you asking? Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. Theologically, probably Judaism is much closer to Islam than it is to Christianity. Okay. Um, narratively, the story of of, of Christianity is like this, uh, the story continues, like the, the after, like, like the Jews. The whole story continues that Jesus was a Jew and and everything else like that. So narratively, it sounds like it's like a continuation, but actually theologically. Um, the Trinity would be considered polytheistic in, 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 in Jewish thought. The idea of original sin or that we somehow need to come out to grace because we, we're somehow tainted by original sin, Jews wouldn't, wouldn't understand what you're talking about. Um, so like a lot, most, most of these, most ideas, I think, in, in, most way, in most theological ways, Islam is much more similar to Judaism. So the other part of the question was, he, by the way, he said the same thing. He said the same exact yeah. thing. But um, the other part of the question is, okay, so would you, are there are there Jews who wouldn't enter into a Christian's house or, or Muslims who wouldn't enter a Christian's, Christian's house because of the polyistic um, idea? 
is, is that uh, house to visit someone's house is there's nothing wrong with visiting someone's house. I don't think anyone would have a problem with this. Like there probably are people who feel uncomfortable because like just because like you said we would feel uncomfortable in a stranger's house, but I guess once you're friends, like why wouldn't you why not? Um if oh, you're talking about a house, I'm, I'm a house of worship a house of worship, um a Jew would probably a Jew would go into a mosque, but probably we'd probably not go into a church. We'd probably feel if he's going to a church, he's going into uh, and he's he's going into like a place of idol worship or something. Okay, okay. So then I totally made a mistake. A mistake. Then when I heard them say house, they were talking about maybe house of worship. Okay. Yeah. Um. Just one quick question, and I'll give it back over to Sid. So, I told you I was hosting this um. This uh, rabbi Gary, and we he was staying with us on the weekend so that he could fulfill his um. Shabbat and still getting to the synagogue, right? So um, he was telling me that that if the Jews went into someone's house, no, no, I'm sorry, sorry, no, that was a different guy. The guy who I was staying with in Haifa, he told me that because he was an atheist, mind you, this guy was an atheist, but he said his uncle or, or, or grandfather, if he would go into someone else's house who wasn't a Jewish person, he would bring his own plates. Can, can yeah. you elaborate on that? The reason why is because um, we we have special rules of what we're allowed to eat called kosher. Mm-hmm. Now, if when hot not kosher food, uh, we believe makes it makes the a, a plate not kosher. So if you would eat hot kosher food on it, it would, would the the not it's it's it, it's interesting. It's it's to get into the physics of it is a different story. But basically, <laughs> um, it. Basically, the idea is that hot food transfers to to plates or pots mm-hmm. or silverware, and so meaning if you would eat cold food on a plate, then it wouldn't transfer. So therefore, so therefore, it's if you're going to go to someone's house, it's better to bring bring your own plate, so you shouldn't have to worry about the not kosher food transferring. It's not about Jewish or not Jewish. It has to be it's it's kosher rules. Like meaning if. A lot of us, like if you would buy a coffee in in, in a in a in a cafe, you would ask for a, a disposable cup because oh. if, for the same reason because you're you might be or you would ask not about the knife because if the knife was used to cut not kosher meat and then it's used to cut uh, whatever whatever else, so so like the not kosher transfers to the knife, so which transfers mm. to this or the spoon or whatever. So it's it's a it's a kosher rules. Okay. It. Yeah, so, um, and I don't think I had this as a question, but I kind of wanted to follow up a little bit with that. So if, if uh, following the laws, like you say, keeping kosher, um, uh, the, other, the other laws in, uh, out of the uh, Torah, Old Testament Torah, um, those, those rules you're following, they're not for salvation then. I mean, I think no. you've kind of, you, no, they're not. So is that, are those laws... Um, a tradition or is it more of a or is it a way of connecting with god better or can you kind of explain the reasons why the laws are followed if it's not for salvation it's a, it's a way of connecting to god it's like every time you every time you do a mitzvah we call them a mitzvah um which they translate as commandment but like i was actually talking with my friend about it it's a horrible translation i don't know i don't have a better translation it basically it means that like 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 to connect. It's like 
it's like it's like when you when you when you don't keep kosher. I'm sorry. When you keep kosher, let's say, then or you had you had the opportunity not to keep kosher and you still kept you still kept it. Like it's it's somehow like it purifies your soul that your soul is more capable of clinging to God. Or if you do a mitzvah, let's say I gave charity or I I performed some type of ritual. So, uh, there's different mitzvahs. There are mitzvahs which are interpersonal as mitzvahs which are ritual like between me and god and between mm. man man and me and between god and me so if you do anything like positive there's a 248 positive mitzvahs it sounds like a lot which like means you do something and it's 365 negative which means don't do this wow um, so, wow uh, most of them are not really relevant on a normal day it, it, it right. sounds like a lot but if you like most normal days most of them aren't really relevant yeah. we, like, just like, we just have 10 we just have 10 in christianity it's much easier to remember some of those 10 are ours. <laughs> so, uh, touche, touche, so, touche. So, when, so, let's say you do when you do one of those things or you don't do one of those things, so like you, we, you like connect to God in, in that way. And, and we do believe in the, in the world to come, we do believe in like an afterlife, then, uh, the more you, um, the more mitzvahs you did, or better you did them, then you'll have a, a bigger share bigger in the world, world. to come. Okay, yeah. I see. So, okay, so two, one quick question. So you guys do believe in like an afterlife in heaven? Yes. Okay, so I got another question for you. don't believe in hell, though. Wait, you don't believe in hell? No. So you believe like in a, like in a, if, if a person is not gonna go to heaven that they just get like extinguished? Um, we, why wouldn't they go to heaven? Uh, let's say they're a non-believer, or they're uh, Sid, for example. Sid's an atheist. Sid doesn't believe in God. <laughs> what are you gonna do with Sid? I don't know. Like, why not? Like, I think I have to like try very hard not to get into heaven. Is like I, I heard. I, I don't know exactly, but I understood. It's like not for. It's like very hard not to get into heaven. Really? Wow. I got it. We have to elaborate more on that one later on because I like. Yeah. Have a lot more questions. Because, yeah, so I think maybe that might have been a weird thing when Jesus arrives and he starts talking about hell and stuff. Uh, that might have been a really weird thing to um, for Jews. And actually, so I'll just go ahead and ask you that one then. Um, what is the Jewish interpretation of Jesus? And um, are you still waiting for a Messiah? Is a Messiah still going to come? Yes, uh, so we still believe that in a Messiah that will come. Um, we we have more or less that we have a like criteria of who he what he has to do in order to be considered Messiah, which no one has fulfilled those criteria yet. We still believe one of the one of the things that Orthodox Jews believe is that there, there will be a Messiah one day. Um, Jesus came about very, like not very not very early in Jewish history, so. Um, so there's not a lot about him, especially let's say the main text of Judaism don't even discuss him because he he wasn't like he wasn't like a major figure I guess like in the Jewish world he wasn't like he, he um, so he's, not, he's he's almost not mentioned he's mentioned later on when Jews like moved to Europe and they they encountered Christians so then they sp spoke about him um, I, I have read parts of the New Testament. Um, and a, a lot of it, a lot of what, let's say, the, a lot of the gospels are, and sayings are things which you'll find in the Talmud. Uh, mm -hmm. They're not like 
I, I always wondered if which one came first, but it, a mm -hmm. lot of the sayings are, are, are uh, most Jews heard those sayings already in the name of other rabbis. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, other than that, I don't know. I don't know so he, specific, yeah. So in your, in your opinion, he was just a guy who just was quoting, uh, he's just a Jewish guy? He obviously was a very powerful and charismatic and and he had something to him if he was able to um if he was able to accomplish what he accomplished and you have most of humanity for the past two thousand years um feels connected to him and connected to his teachings then i i i obviously there's something um extremely powerful and 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 uh that so many billions upon billions upon billions of people mm -hmm. over two thousand mm -hmm. years connected to then obviously there's something there. Uh, right. I don't think he was just a guy. Yeah. Um, but, but he the wasn't guy. Of... What? He wasn't he guy. Wasn't guy. Okay. Right. So, so really quick, and I'm, I'll give it over to Sid after this, but you, you mentioned going to Europe. So can you explain the difference between a Sephardic and Ashkenazi Jew? That's a weird okay. name. That's a weird name for a Jew, by the way. That's really That's weird. Um, so Ashkenazim, so I'm Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi means is the is actually it's it's a word it's a it's a name in in the Hebrew Bible which Jews connected to uh, what's today what the region of Europe which which is today Germany and France. Mm -hmm. So so mm -hmm. Jews who lived in that area started calling themselves Ashkenazim. Um, basically, it, it today today it means Jews who their ancestry went through Europe, meaning meaning uh, my ancestors lived in Europe and up until a few generations ago. Um, Sephard is a is a is a is a word which came to mean Spain. So Spain used to be a Muslim country till till the fourteen nineties. Um, Spain was a Muslim country, and uh, so Jews so so Jews living there came to call themselves Sephardim, and after the expel in 1492, after Spain became a Catholic country, they expelled all the Jews and Muslims. Right. So the the Jews who were expelled end um end up joining the Jewish communities of North Africa and 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 the Middle East, Iraq, Iran, and uh, so they started. So the all of the they were called Mizrahim, the Eastern Jews. So. To, so somehow Mizrahim and Sephardim ended up becoming like one somehow, like not not really one, but like we ended up referring to all Jews from North Africa and 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 the Middle East as as Sephardim. Besides from from Yemen, we call them Yemenites, and uh, that's more more or less more or less. There's other also Italian Jews. And the difference between them is because it, up until recently, before we had internet and before we had uh, <laughs> telephones, then uh, we everyone was more or less isolated. Besides, you had letters being going back and forth between our, between Iraq and and uh, France, let's say. So the community of France developed by itself, and or, or in Germany or mm. Hungary, wherever it was, and the, mm. the community in Iraq and Iran and Saudi Arabia mm. uh, developed in its direction. So end up becoming a very very distinct flavor. So like Sephardic Jews um, have a very Arabic flavor to them today, Arabic mm. and North African flavor to them. Um, so the names, darker. Uh, their skin is usually darker. Okay. 
Um, some of them are very, very dark. Uh, there's even uh, black Jews from Ethiopia. They're really, really, they look mm -hmm. like, a, reg, like black skin like any. Um, the traditions are more or less, it's, we're, it's the same traditions, but like there's a certain like other flavor, like more Middle Eastern flavor mm -hmm. that, that the them have or, or North African flavor. And uh, the na they have more African names, that more uh, or or um, their food is more Middle Eastern or African. Mm. Um, Ashkenazim have more German sounding or or, or Slavic sounding names, and uh, our traditions are a little bit more European. Like the way we pronounce Hebrew, we pronounce Hebrew differently. Also, they they pronounce today in Israel became a melting pot, so everyone pronounces Hebrew the same way. But the more traditional Jews who keep the more like, like the, 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 the way Hebrew is pronounced by Svardim, like branched one way and the way Hebrew is pronounced by Ashkenazim branched a different way. We also oh, developed our... Also, we developed you, Yiddish, you know, I'm sorry. I was, in, I was in Macedonia and I went to Holocaust Museum there and I yeah. learned about the um, Ladino language, which is like a, yeah. a, I guess like a Spanish and yeah, kind of like Spanish and yeah. That was interesting. Ne I never learned about that, but you know, it sounds like Latino. So I was like, yeah. oh, wow, Latino. Um, I'm Latino. Uh, Sid? Uh, I guess th this is a little bit of a follow up question to what you were talking before about Christianity and Islam and, and, and their relationship with uh, Judaism. Um, so, uh, and I don't want to make this question sound loaded uh, at all against Isaiah or anything, but <laughs> how do the, I mean, given kind of the history of, of um, the Jewish relationship with both Islam and Christianity. Um, I'm not, I, I, I was trying to figure out how to word this the way I want to word it. Um, how do you feel about the kind of the, the Jewish uh, kind of being the father of those two faiths in a way? Um, uh, are, are you, and I guess I mean this in, in, in a way where, uh, are you glad they came about? Are you, uh, as a Jewish person, are you kind of maybe, maybe happy, not happy, disappointed, not disappointed? Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out the word here, but uh, do, do you kind of get what I'm trying to get at here? Is Like, how do you feel about those faiths developing and spreading? For the record, Christianity was first, just, just for the record. Oh, no, no, I understand, Yeah. <laughs> Like thought. Um, actually, uh, in our, in our, like Maimonides writes about that. He says actually it was a, it was a wonderful thing because they spread monotheism. Mm. Um, in whatever sense, let's, let's say uh, even Christianity, which in, in a sense I guess is not like in, in from a Jew, from a Jewish and Islamic perspective, it's not pure monotheism, but it, it sort of is. It's like it's like it's like one is three, three is one, but at the end of the day, it's one. So it's like mm -hmm. sort of mon so so it's certainly more monotheistic. There's also a, a Jewish sources which says that um, that uh, Jews Jews need to be pure monotheists, but mm -hmm. uh, the same way a non-Jew doesn't have to keep kosher. So he as long his monotheism has doesn't have to be like very pure and like, like Islam is very into very very pure monotheism. Um, mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. they, they're very concerned about mm -hmm. any. Uh, so, so, um, so the Jews will say, okay, as long as you believe in one God, you don't have to think so much about the, uh, 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 you're, we're happy you believe in one God. Like you don't have to go into all the minutiae and details exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we're, we're, ha we're happy for the Christians in that sense. 
Um, so we like, like we we feel like Christianity and Islam like had a purpose. They had a very a purpose in, in spreading spreading belief in God. So they there it was a positive development for the world. It was so a good thing for the world. Okay. It, it, is it possible for Jesus to come back and still fulfill like the Messiah role for you? Is that possible? Theoretically, not. Um, if you know any what's going on in the Jewish world today, you ever, you ever heard of Lubavitch? No. You know, um, in the Hasidic world, there was a a Rebbe, which is, I guess, like the 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 guru or the master or the leader of a Hasidic community called um, the, called Chabad Lubavitch. They were based in uh, they are based in Brooklyn, New York, in Crown Heights. Their Rebbe, their Rebbe uh, died in 1994. Mm-hmm. Now, this particular community developed the belief that their Rebbe was a Messiah. Um, really? And uh, yeah, and even though they, they, uh, he, he also didn't fulfill any of the of the of the conditions, but they had like some interesting ways of metaphorically explaining the conditions that that he sort of maybe did, but then he died. So everyone in the Orthodox world thought, okay, so they, they'll give they'll give up on this idea. Um, and usually, when a re- when a rebbe dies, then they appoint a successor. So they, instead of appointing successor, many of them continue to believe that he. Some of them continue to believe he's Messiah. Many of them believe he didn't die. That's a story unto itself. And many of them believe he died, but he's going to come back and be the Messiah. So so, but that's a very very fringe. Like I mean to say, it, it's 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 not a, it's like sort of like a mainstream Jewish group. They're very, very prominent in, in the Jewish world in, in the as, as a whole. So they're not they're not like a fringe group, but they're fringe in the sense that like any um, any Orthodox Jew besides them would, would, would doesn't like doesn't doesn't accept their uh, their belief. I know we've been joking around a lot, but I think this is an extremely extremely serious topic right here because um, I swear I'm I'm not making this up. So I saw like a Nazi rally and they were KKK and they were very anti-blacks and and Jewish people. The guy's like, we hate black people. We hate Jews. They go, and then he goes, we don't even know why we hate the Jews. He goes, we don't need a reason to hate them. He goes, that's how much we hate them. And it was almost kind of funny, just the, the, the level of idiotic, like, are you really processing what you're saying here? Like you're saying, he was basically saying, if we needed to, a reason to hate these people, it would like diminish the the like nature of our hatred, right? So I just could not understand that level of hatred um, where you don't even need a reason to have this. It's just, there's just, if it's getting passed down to you from somehow, but how would you even begin to, to, you know, to, to talk about why there's been so much hatred for, it seems, thousands of years now? It, it, just, it just seems so irrational. Like, how do you make sense of it? The truth is, it's, it's a very uh, wide subject and a very broad subject. And uh, it's, it's probably people have been talking about it for, is it, probably thousands of reasons given. Um, First of all, we're a tiny group. I, I, a lot of pe- most people probably don't even realize how how liberal Jews there are in the world. Like we're, we're around fourteen million people. Which, uh-huh. which, if you think 
in the thing that's almost nothing. And in a, in a sense, we're, we were the perpetual other. Like uh, it, it, throughout all the, throughout thousands of years in, in Europe and, and the Middle East, we were like everyone is Muslim and those couple hundred families on the, on the other side of town are Jewish. Everyone is Christian. Those couple hundred families on the other side of town are Jewish. Like we're, we, we were always the other and, and we were different. We didn't have the same holidays. Everyone's, everyone's uh, celebrating Easter. We're having Passover. Everyone's having Christmas. We're doing Hanukkah. Hmm. So, so uh, it's like, so, so, mm. but I can imagine that what the way it works, like, like, like in any place in the world today, when you have one group, which is a majority group and one group, which is a minority group, then it seems to be so like humans are somehow for, for our detriment, we're somehow programmed to right. uh, project onto the minority group, all of our problems, especially, um, Especially Jews, which some which are, are featured in the in the religion. So let's say Europe was very prominently Catholic for for a very long time, and Jews never disappeared because everyone read about the history of the Jews when they went to church on Sunday, or throughout whenever they knew that Jews existed. They knew yeah. that these Jews are somehow connected to the Jews that we read about in, in the Bible, and and also Muslims like. Um, so I think I think for um, for the most part we're a minority, but we're mm -hmm. we're a minority which which we're prominent. Meaning, um, it's it's not just, it's not that uh, your video disappeared. You're still there. The, don't worry the, about it. You, don't trust me. We want to keep his face off screen as much as possible. So I see. Yeah, we're, he's doing us a favor. So so we're 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 a minority, but we're we weren't a minority that could just disappear because because. Um, Everyone, everyone read about us and, and heard about us because we're 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 present in the New Testament, Testament where we we show up in the Quran. So, so we were we were like there for people to project their their um, the way people do. People project onto minorities their mm -hmm. their thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, especially under under Catholicism, they seem, they they somehow blamed somehow that Jews living in yeah. the 1500s are somehow culpable because some Jews living in Jerusalem. I'm not sure what the connection yeah. why Jews, some Jews living in Jerusalem. Like who like these aren't even who says these are even their descendants. Like 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 even even if it's true, like I don't see the whatever it is. Okay. But um so so I think I think that, that had had and, and especially like in the in like the nineteen hundreds, all like the racial when when right. when all racism became like a whole ideology by the right. like racial science. So they tried grouping humanity into different races. So they came up with the idea of a Jewish race. So even if someone wasn't religious, but you could still come up with this idea there's a Jewish race. And um, and they're different from the European race somehow. And yeah. and that until it became Nazism. And uh, and Mark, Mark Twain once spent, also wrote about, like, the Jews also... Um, like, 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 also Asians in America also have this that right. that even though right. even though we're we're minorities, but we're minorities that uh, that say, okay, we're we're not giving into this. We're we're going to stand up and we're going to be successful. So let's say, right. uh, so let's say Jews right. and Asians right. are over over representative. According to our numbers, we're over representative in colleges and and, and uh, success, successful businesses and professionals. And then people come and say, okay, so now. Let's make a limit how many Asians could come into school or how many Jews. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
So, so, so a lot of you know, like Europeans will comment. I, I think over the over the centuries, or probably a lot of Europeans said, "Well, it's not fair. Look how such a small minority. Why are so many? Um, why why are they making so many doctors and lawyers and whatever?" Mm-hmm. And well, be, I'll just give an example. Let's say um, if you if you know, let's say media. If you look in Hollywood, there's a lot of Jews in Hollywood. Yeah, um, absolutely. One, one of the reasons why is because when Jews first, when Ashkenazim first started coming to America in the 1800s and 19 early 1900s, um, they weren't allowed to do anything. All of the they weren't allowed to do they weren't allowed to become lawyers. They, like all the big like yeah, there was there was a very strong race racism or anti-Semitism. They basically, if you weren't a wasp, you couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So the Jews got together and said, we, we need to take care of our families. What can we do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's a new industry coming up called Hollywood that the, the wasps didn't, didn't take over yet, and they're not going to kick us out. So let's let's go there. Wow. And that's, how, that's basically how it happened. Um, a comedy, like certain certain industries are just like, like if they, in Europe, there were Jewish bankers. It's basically, you kicked us out of every single industry, and it's the only one left. So. It just happened to be industry, which is which, which which your name get you get you become a little bit more famous when you when you when you're when you're when you're director in Hollywood, you're a little bit more famous. So, hmm. listen, you do want me to be a lawyer in in, in in I don't know where. So, what am I supposed to do? So I became a director in Hollywood. Like, that's that's pretty much the definition of irony, right there. Uh, I heard an interesting um, theory on anti-Semitism. Um, uh, n- maybe not around the world, but definitely within within uh, Europe and and the Middle East, and uh, and I'm sure the 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 idea behind this wasn't to to paint uh, people with a broad brush, but the the theory was is basically um, the 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 Jews <laughs> saw uh, both. It, it, I mean, whatever he was, they saw Jesus. And they saw Muhammad, and they said no to both. Right. And and I think one of and this person that said this basically said mm-hmm. that that kind of was the root of anti-Semitism. And, 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 and I mean, you're right. That's that's a human condition. It's not just anti-Semitism. Any kind of division between people is a human problem we've had since time immemorial i mean right, uh, right. people tribe up and and then you start looking at the other and, and that way but but i had i thought that was an interesting idea that that because the jews had rejected both of these figures that that sort of followed through those faith lines and they weren't that happy that the jews had done that <laughs> you know if it, i don't know if you've heard that before or, or thought about that or I've heard that because I, 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 I can think of myself now, like um, speaking to Isaiah even, like a, as a Christian and me as a Jew, if I say that, um, I, I think to myself, like I'm worried, am, am I hurting his feelings if I say that mm-hmm. I don't feel that, I don't, right. I don't believe that there was any original sin and I don't believe we need salvation. So I don't need, a, I don't need anyone to come and save me. The, I, like I, I think to myself, like I, I'm worried now that I might be, is, is, am I hurting Isaiah's feelings? I hope I'm not hurting his feelings. Uh, or, or, and the same way I would, I would imagine if I was speaking to Muslim, and I and and I, I feel like well, I don't know who Muhammad was, but I, I, I'm I'm not very imp- like let's say I, I'm, uh, yeah yeah. But let's say I, I would be afraid like to hurt his feelings. But I can imagine if you multiply that by hundreds of millions of people, that that probably are 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 not as sensitive, are not as as uh, understanding. 
as Isaiah or anyone else, and they would, they, they see, oh, there's a group of people over here that they don't feel that they don't, they don't even feel they need your Messiah or your prophet. Hmm. And uh, they're, pr they're pretty, they're, they're, hap they're happy. They're not looking for salvation and they're not looking for, uh, I'm not sure what Muhammad, what, what the idea is over there, or what he's offering, but like, um, what, what, I, I don't know so much about exactly what's the, how Islam works in that sense, but hmm. uh, like we could come straight to God. We, we don't need the Quran, let's say. And um, I can imagine a Muslim also get feeling insulted. Like, what do you mean you don't need a Quran? Everyone needs a Quran and not you. Like, yeah. like, and uh, that's interesting. I have never heard that analysis, uh, Sid. So thank you for that. So I told you about this before. Um, during the time when the Jewish were settling um, some of the, uh, they were doing the resettlements and they were bulldozing some areas, I had made a political statement uh, against the Israeli government and I wore a flag to school and I had it crossed out. And the ADL, uh, Anti-Defamation League, had contacted um, my school and wanted to see me expelled because they um, they thought I was being anti-Semitic. And I, I literally had the photo, like like the photo that they, when they did the story on me, like I was like pulling down my shirt like that. And I'm like, I have not even, not even 1%, not even 1% hatred of Israeli people. It just, I just happened to be very against this one particular um, act. It's not like I'm not even pro-Israel because I am pro-Israel. Um, I was, you know, I was demonstrating against this. But um, when you mix state flags um, with or just states with any kind of religion, um, does that just seem like you're setting yourself up for some problems there with, with mixing religion and, and church? Like I, I, I'm as a Christian, I'm 1000% against it as a Christian. Like um, I, I fall on a far more liberal persuasion, but it, it seems like that's going to lead to problems no matter which way you, either one way or the other. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, so like, like I said before, um, we, we use them for sure Orthodox Jews, and I would say Zionist Jews also. I can't speak for Reformed Jews. But we don't view ourselves as a, as a religion. We view ourselves as a, as a people or, or a family. That happens to have a religious tradition and re religious beliefs and religious religious rituals, but but we're a family, and the um, so Zion the idea of Zionism. So just just to give an introduction, I'm not a Zionist. I, I um, most most Haredim I'm I'm Haredi are not Zionists. Uh, we live in we live in the land of Israel, but we don't identify with uh, with uh, with the state of Israel. So, so we, we meaning we would we would want to live here if whether there would be a state or not a state. We lived here before the state. If the state would disappear, we would want to live here also. It, it, so it's it's so saying that. Um, the now just a side note. What, what what the idea of Zionism wasn't a religious idea. The idea was made was by secular Jews that felt that uh, that that they were European Jews and they believed that that uh, European anti-Semitism is so strong that actually secular anti-Semitism is even worse than Catholic anti-Semitism. 
and there's no hope for Jews to survive in Europe, and they need mm. to they need to go somewhere mm. else where where the Euro Europeans won't be able to persecute us. Mm. And that that, that was the idea of, of of the first Zionists. Um, they didn't even care where they went originally. They they if if they would have been given Uganda, they would have been happy to go to Uganda. They, they didn't care where to go. Oh, um, yeah. Now, in the end, they, they, they decide that the best way it will work out is if they go to the land of Israel, which was then, which was then politically called, was part of the Ottoman Empire, was part of a province of, of Palestine, Syria. And that's just where they ended up. Now, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't an idea of making a religious state. The idea was it should be a safe place for, right. for Jews who feel persecuted, right. in Europe, especially Europe. Um, to they should have a place that, that they that that they could they, they could live themselves and not uh, not worry that someone's got, like the middle of the night uh, Russian uh, peasants are going to make a program. God. Now, now the state the state of Israel ha happened much later. The state of Israel were, was after the Holocaust. Many um, I'm make a long story short. I'm not going to go all the all all Zionism, but basically a lot of people living in, in, in Palestine at that time, uh, a lot of Jews, the Holocaust proved for them that if Jews don't protect themselves, no one's going to protect us. Mm. It, it, I look mm. at it as like, it was like, imagine mm. if like Black Lives Matter ended up saying, listen, we can't protect, no one's going to protect us, we're going to protect ourselves. Right. And we're just going to, so, so it was, it was basically, basically that idea. Uh, it, ended, it ended up becoming a state that's a whole story unto itself, and uh, so, but they have that mentality in their head all the time that we're protecting, we're we're the safe haven for the world's world's Jews. I see. There's all the yeah. Now, um, they they don't believe that, that, that to get into Israeli politics. Like, so Israeli politics is very diverse. You have very very left wing politics, very very right wing politics. It's like any other country in the world, and. Uh, so men, not candidate. Many... They're all left wing over there. They're all left wing candidate. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> so, I'm so, sorry. so a lot of um, the, a lot of Jews get this feeling that Israel is like picked on. Um, mm -hmm, I, I don't, mm -hmm. I, I don't know well enough to know if it's true or not. But it, but a lot of a lot of I've heard people say that it's called what about ism, but I don't. But I, I right, it's, right. I, it's not really what about ism because it's like. A lot of Israelis will come and say, or a lot, that 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 you have a, a so many. I'm not saying this is true or right or wrong. I'm just saying like where someone might be coming from. Right. He's saying, listen, there's human rights violations going around all across right, the world. Right, right, So, so why? So, the, and 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 the violation, the alleged violations in Israel are. are a lot of minuscule, them are, minuscule. Are, not even minuscule. A lot of them are like once you understand the context, that that, that it's. I'll just give you a let's say let's say Sheikh Jarrah, the story that happened a few weeks ago in Jerusalem. Now, I, I'm not going to who's right, who's wrong. I, mm -hmm. I, that's, but I just like a little context. It, it, it was a landlord and a tenant, and a, a tenant that didn't want to pay rent. It happened to be the landlord was Jewish, and it happened to be, happened to be the tenant was a Palestinian. So so people. So, so could be the landlord should have just like backed off and, and said, you know what, you've been living here for who knows how long, you know what, I'll, we'll figure this out a different way. And could be the Arabs living there could have figured, I don't know what they should have done, but somehow it became like an international incident that a, that, that, that a, a landlord 
took his tenant to court because he wasn't paying rent to now you could talk about it it's like a whole long like you could talk about like all the emotions and under but when you take it into context about what's going on like why why did you have to make an international incident which right. blew up into, into right. war over, over a tenant you know what i mean so so so, so all the media is, is talking is showing how the landlord which might have been racist it was print you know there there are racist landlords all across the united states states right who are kicking out their minority right. um, uh, tenants right. for not paying right. rent no one's starting a war over that right and, and, and no one's no one's like condemning um oklahoma in the in the u.n because one because some court in Oklahoma said that the white landlord had the right to, to kick right. out his minority. It, it's so, no, so it could be, no, I, I don't know who's right or wrong. Could be, could be really it right. is, but, but right. so then the, the, the Jew, the, the, a lot of Jewish people come and say like, like they, they say like, this is so disproportionate that it, it can't be that you're just criticizing a state. It must right. come right. from right. anti-Semitism because why, right. why, right. why, why me? Like, right. what I, yeah. First of all, I want to say um, very clearly, I am pro-Israel, but I'm also pro-Palestine as well. Like, I don't right. see those as a contradiction in any sense of the word. I, I'm pro-humans, okay? I'm pro-humans. Right. I respect everybody's right to live and to practice their religion, okay? That being said, going into Israel, I definitely saw it's a very complex situation. It's not as black and white as you might see. You know, when you go and see it firsthand, um, right. One thing, for example, man, I went on a tour and they were telling us about some of the houses there and about how um, they were controlled by certain, like some of them were like, uh, this isn't Jerusalem, by the way. Some of them were controlled by certain families and there was like some really complicated uh, landlord issues and some of them... I mean, the tour guide said these apartments right here would be like a couple, like, you know, maybe like a couple hundred thousand dollars anywhere else, but it's like a million dollars here. And so I think he was saying like um, some Jewish people from around the world, like will buy it from the Palestinians and the the people who sell it, the houses are seen like as traitors because, um, yeah. They're, it's, it's like they're giving up a piece, you know. And I, I was actually, as we were doing the the tour, they were actually like yelling at us from the um, like the houses, the the Palestinians. So anyway, it's a really complicated. Uh, I, I don't think we could ever try to hash this out in a single, right, in, in a single podcast. But you know, the point is, is that we're just trying to have conversations. Uh, the next conversation we're going to have is going to be with the Muslim man. And so uh, we'll also interview with another Christian man. But this is something that, you know, people need to see that, um, you know, you're right. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It is a little hurtful. I know Jesus Christ has totally changed my life. Um, he's the center of my life. And, you know, it's, it's, I understand it's a bit of a complicated situation, right? Because he's Jewish and then there's, okay, maybe he started something else. Um it's not, you know, it's, it's a complicated situation, but um, it doesn't mean we can't respect each other. You know, my yeah. Muslim friend, my Muslim friend who viewed me, he told me flat out, he says, I think that God coming down to kill himself to himself is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of, you know, and we're still great friends. So, uh, Sid, you got any last thoughts? Uh, this has been very enlightening for me. I mean, I've learned a ton of stuff that I didn't know. Um 
because I, like I say, where I live, I mean, I think we have in the whole valley I live in, there's th three big cities. And I think there's one synagogue in, uh, in the town north of us here. So we don't have, we just don't have a big Jewish community here. So I never get a chance to interact or, or talk with uh, uh, Jewish people. Um, so this has been just a real, real um, uh, great experience for me just to learn, just to hear from you and, and learn some things. So I just wanted to say thank you very much. You have met a lot of Sikhs. What's that? You have met a lot of Sikhs. We have a lot of Sikhs from India. Yeah, that's our big uh, uh, religious minority in the area here is, is the Sikhs. Yeah. By the way, we need a lot more atheists like Sid in the world. If like if you're not going to be religious, be uh be an atheist like Sid because he's like, I'm cool. Like stay over there. Like don't come pushing your stuff on me. Like we're cool, right? Is that a pretty good summation, Sid? No, I don't. I don't mind people uh, talking or or or, or, or well, I mean, pushing is the wrong word. I mean, if if people want to proselytize, that's great. I mean, I don't mind discussing stuff, but it's just. Uh, um yeah uh, i just find i find uh ideas interesting and, and religion is one of our our earliest ideas so um yeah yeah uh, you got any last thoughts uh Ephraim? we really love hearing from you i really enjoyed the conversation and uh i'm looking forward to continuing it i really enjoyed with both of you yeah so great. my last thoughts um just obviously thank you so much i mean i can't I, I mean, you know, we could talk, like, you could read stuff or you could watch YouTube videos, but until you actually interact with people, um, it's a totally different thing. I, I told you the story when I asked my mom about Hanukkah and she took me to a synagogue. Yeah. I mean, that was just, um, you know, it was just, it meant the world to me at that age. And I just, you know, I've been into more mosques than I could count and um, as a Christian. And, and, and I think it's just, it's so important that, uh, you know, if we're going to live together on this planet and if we really want to please God, really, at the end of the day, we may have some differences about the, the specifics about this God, but if we really want to serve this God, that the number one thing we can do is to really love his children. Because I know you have 10 kids, I have one, and the best thing you could ever do for me is to show love to my child. I take love for my child any day over love for me. So... With that being said, um, we look forward to seeing you back again, and we want to thank you for joining this episode of RIT Podcast. If you're not subscribed, be sure to do so and leave us a comment below, and thanks for listening. Goodbye.